Welcome to Without the Footnotes with me, your host, Estherini. On this week's episode, I'll be talking about the Holocaust in Switzerland. Hi friends, welcome to season three, episode 11 of Without the Footnotes, not your typical Holocaust lecture. And this week I am actually pre-recording some episodes. I'm about to fly back to the UK for the first time since the pandemic began. So during September, um, there will be a bit of a break um, just because I'm going to be at home and just taking a bit of a holiday and yeah, just a break from the podcast. So the next couple of weeks will be pre-recorded. So in the intro, I'm not going to be talking about any current affairs because they haven't happened yet. <laughs> but this week, I'm going to be talking about Switzerland. And then the following week will be Norway. And then, yeah, we'll have a little break until I'm back in October. Probably most people aren't listening to this in real time. So it probably doesn't really matter that I'm making that announcement. But I'm going to commit it to record that I am taking a break, uh, officially. So, um Yeah, this week we'll be talking about Switzerland, a country that was neutral during World War II, um, just to see how the Holocaust kind of happened there or what the state actually did maybe to help Jewish people that were, um, yeah, trying to flee their respective countries. So anyway, without any further ado, let's just crack on with the episode. So this week we're going somewhere a bit different and I'm going to focus on the Holocaust in a neutral country during the war, Switzerland. And the reason I chose this country this week is because we are experiencing, in my opinion, another refugee crisis, or we are at least on the verge of one with the situation in Afghanistan at the moment. And I think a lot of people are calling into question what governments or states who are in the position to help to help civilians should do in order to aid people in other countries in times of crisis, specifically regarding urgent immigration and or resettlement. And it is widely understood that countries during the Second World War turned their back, largely turned their backs on European Jews when it came to accepting immigration um, from countries that were in the early stages of genocide. And when I say early stages, I mean when Jewish people were being pushed out of society and becoming more and more discriminated against and marginalised within their communities. And I think at the time... I think a lot of people would have called into question whether they had the means to move or not, whether they wanted to stay in a place or in their country that was making it clear that they were becoming less and less welcome. And with that being said, Switzerland bordered Nazi Germany, so was a neutral country that was close to the heart of it all. So for me, that's a really interesting, um, it's a really interesting country to look at in that sense. Excuse me, sorry. Um, because it was so close to it all, basically, and it was neutral. So what happened in Switzerland during the Holocaust? Firstly, it is important to note that Jewish people weren't the only ones looking to immigrate during the war, as Nazi Germany had plenty of enemies and undesirables, as they like to term it, um, 
So immigration policies were at times influenced with what was going on during the war and who was being occupied by who and the relationships between those two states. So prior to the outbreak of the war, there were around 18,000 Jews living in Switzerland and the country immediately experienced an influx of people fleeing Nazi Germany after Hitler's rise to power in 1933 and then again in 1938 after the Anschluss or the annexation of Austria, which if you listen to last week's episode or the week before I actually did an episode on Austria like explaining that annexation um, so Switzerland's response to this was a practical one categorizing people into distinct groups of immigrants and different types of refugees but after experiencing this influx in 1933 and then again in 38 the government wasn't so keen on just taking in everyone so they coordinated with Nazi Germany that Jewish people from Germany or Austria should be identifiable when coming to Switzerland and they did this by marking their documents with a J so that it would make it easier for them to turn people away so like if Jewish people came as tourists to Switzerland, they could deny them entry, um, yeah, for fear of them, like, just staying in Switzerland. Uh, so then after the outbreak of the war, Switzerland, although neutral, did not, didn't want to annoy Nazi Germany and have them invade their country, as they saw it happening um, in other places. So they made refugee camps and interned people there and also at times refused Jews from certain countries that Germany had occupied or invaded. I think um, specifically um, a country that I can mention is France. Like they wouldn't accept Jews that were trying to immigrate out of France. Um, so what we see throughout the war is changes in policy to suit the maintaining of Switzerland's neutrality. So even though this is a country that from the outside could be understood as a safe haven, there are still some collaborative efforts made in order to maintain their status quo, um, which I think people have called into question. Although they were offering refuge to some, they were still arguably collaborating with Nazi Germany somewhat to to keep the peace as it were so I think it's important to keep in mind when we look at things retrospectively that it might seem easy to say well okay why didn't the Swiss just take them all or why didn't people just leave and go to safer countries but what it comes down to is a lot of what we see today geopolitics and each country's specific rules for allowing immigration whether at risk of genocide or not and I think that is that's something that I really want to highlight is the the importance of understanding how states operate in this sense because even though to us it might look simple and easy to do that's not or it's usually not on a state's agenda to take in refugees because what what the way that a lot of countries see it is what do these refugees have to offer how long are they going to stay here we're going to have to support them it's going to be a burden on the state um so yeah, whether you are at a severe risk um, of genocide, it's still it's still up to the governments like what their policies are going to be and how and if they're going to help. 
Um, so there were some significant negotiations with the Germans, however, in 1944. Um, 1,684 Hungarian Jews arrived from Bergen-Belsen as part of the Katzner transport, which was a negotiation um, between Nazi Germany and a diplomat from Hungary to, um, yeah, basically save those Jewish people and have them come to Switzerland. And also in 1945, there were 1,200 Jews um, uh, that arrived from Theresienstadt um, to Switzerland also. So those were two very notable negotiations that the country did in order to take, um, in order to rescue people, basically. And although um, there were rules in place as to who could seek refuge in the country, many people did also manage to enter illegally during the war. And depending on which country you came from meant that the rules were perhaps less strict than other countries. For example, if you were seeking refuge from the Netherlands instead of, as I mentioned before, occupied France, you might have had a, um, it might have been easier for you to obtain a a safe passage to Switzerland and be able to find, um, to seek refuge there. So it really did depend on where you came from. And as I mentioned, I'm, I feel like I'm constantly mentioning like if you're stateless or not on, yeah, what, um, what kind of relations the countries have between themselves, um, yeah, could determine whether you're lucky enough to, uh, seek asylum or seek refuge. Um, so although Switzerland did help Jewish people during the war, it was not as simple as just having an open immigration policy for everyone. You really could just be at the mercy of your own citizenship, That's what, as I was saying, and um, yeah, rather than the fact that you're in desperate need of help from a, a very... Um, a very aggressive governmental threat that was Nazi Germany and also in different countries that they occupied and their collaborators as well. So overall, it is estimated that 30,000 Jewish people passed through or settled in Switzerland as refugees from 1933 up until the end of the war. And I think you'd have to look at it much more closely to to decide for yourself whether you think that that is a huge amount of people or not 30,000 um over let's say 12 years um yeah you really you'd really just have to decide that for yourself um but that would be basically the holocaust in switzerland in a nutshell obviously there are much more nuanced stories of escape and um I'm sure some very very in- interesting personal testimony and different uh different waves of immigration and and uh stuff like that to look into but just so that you have the basics of what happened in Switzerland it was just an ever changing um policy towards um taking in refugees or any kind of immigration during the war and that is it As I said at the top of the episode, I will be going back to the UK, but that doesn't mean that I won't be doing any work on the um, uh, behind the scenes for the podcast. It's just that there may not be um, episodes every single week. We'll see. We'll see. Um, But if you do have any questions or you'd like to reach out or maybe you have suggestions um, for topics or stuff that or stories or yeah, personal stories that you'd like to tell, please do 
feel free to inf- um, email me at info at withoutthefootnotes.org or you can DM me on Instagram. It's just at withoutthefootnotes. And yeah, I will still be available, just perhaps not recording towards the end of September. So anyway, I don't know why I keep repeating that. I think you get the message by now. <laughs> Uh, so yeah signing off and I'm just gonna straight crack on with the next pre-recorded episode so I will catch you momentarily I'll catch you next time ciao